for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast with your co-host, Kirk. Hello, hello. Week two in his... Where are you at, Kirk? Uh, this is my New York apartment. Right. My high-rise. My sky-rise high-rise. Yeah, I love it. It's uh, It's very sophisticated. In fact, the last show open, I was so off put by it. I felt like I blew up the whole beginning of the show because I was just like so distracted by the splendor and oh, yeah. the swankiness and the the prestige of your new backdrop there. Um, Understandable. Yeah, it's pretty great. I fly out here only for recordings. <laughs> oh wow. Wow. That I didn't I didn't know that little nugget. That's that's pretty fancy. And for those of you who two weeks in a row are not watching the stream or not watching the video <laughs> recap on YouTube, this this bit is just going nowhere for you, and 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 I'll, I'm I'm mm. sorry about that. I mean, let me describe to you. I I have moved into a New York high rise. I have a grand piano. I have a stone chimney and fireplace. Don't know how that happens in a in an apartment in a sky rise, and uh, just just a plethora of the most exquisite things that you do not have in your home. That's in my apartment. That's right. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm jealous. Out, I'm, I'm jealous. I'm straight out of one slide or every slide of the House app, H-O-U-Z-Z. <laughs> Plug for House to support us for our podcast, please. <laughs> there you go. The thing I kept thinking about last time, but I didn't think to, <laughs> to say it was that sound on uh, on TikTok that's like, look at this distinguished gentleman. Look at the way he is sitting there. Yeah, yes, very distinguished. That's That's you right now. You're the distinguished gentleman. I am a distinguished gentleman. Thank you. Thank you for that honor. Well, Kirk, welcome back. Thank you for gracing us with your presence. Uh, I am your other co-host, Cam. And yes, you are. This is uh, this is what's popping. For those of you who are new to the stream, we do this every Monday night. We also, um, if you've been listening to the podcast, every Tuesday morning you can find a new edition of What's Popping. It's the latest in movie and TV news from around the industry. And, you know, it ebbs and flows. It ebbs and flows because it's it's like normal news. You know how people talk about like slow news cycle this week. Right. Here comes the stupid stories. Well, we try to limit it on the stupid stories because we have control over it. And we're not, you know, we're doing this for fun. We're not, we're not getting like, we're not writing our own stories or generating our own stuff. So we just pick the, the actual good stuff. And then if we don't have anything to talk about, we just won't. Um, but this week we do have some stuff to talk about. Some big stories going on. Some like... I don't know, some like doom and gloom <laughs> type stuff going on in the film industry, which I felt like, you know, post-COVID, what could be worse than that? I mean, that was like the most doom and gloom time. So it's it's not that bad, but there's some stuff going on that is of note that is a little bit on the uh, on the downward side of, of news. So we'll get right, into you've that. Got, you've got Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. You've got... Boy, oh boy. Um, Elon Musk bought Twitter today. That's big. Um we're going to talk for an hour and a half just on that. So <laughs> well, we're I hope not you're talking prepared. about either of those things though. I do want to talk about, <laughs> I do want to talk about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. I try not to bring that stuff into the podcast and keep it limited to like actual movies and like not the gossip stuff. But I just have to ask like the sentiment analysis you're seeing, like mm-hmm. if you had to gauge it, what percentage of people would you say are in favor of Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard in this whole situation right now today, April 25th? 99% for Johnny Depp. Yeah, agreed. I, I, and I don't know that it's always been that way. I know that 
you know, at the beginning, there was certainly a, like, cautious sort of, mm, if, if true, you know, Johnny Depp is definitely a scumbag and, and not a right. good guy type of thing. But, like, since then, it's just been, like, momentum building towards the whole, like, Amber Heard has built this whole conspiracy thing. And now it's just a giant dumpster fire on her side of this whole. It's true. Deal. It's true because in also 99% of cases, it is the man because the man loses his yeah. mind and can't handle it anymore. Right. And so this is the, this is the one off case, which there are, there are many out there where the woman is the abuser and she's a monster <laughs> and she needs to be stopped. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting for a number of reasons. I think first of all, like, these sorts of high profile cases between two actors in like mm-hmm. that's kind of stuff doesn't really happen in Hollywood that often where you have like actual criminal and civil suits going on between two, you know, Johnny Depp, majorly high profile Amber Heard, right. eh, you know, like, Meh. like, like, but people that people know, uh, it, it just really is sort of a rare thing. And for it to have so much intrigue now with the advent of all of the, everything that's coming out, uh, regarding the Amber Heard stuff, like it's, it is very interesting. I've been following it closely. There's some crazy stuff that once the verdict comes in, we will happily dive deeper into this. We will. And I cannot wait because I will trash Amber Heard till kingdom comes because, <laughs> because she's a bad actor or because she's a bad person or both. Both. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and this just brings me back. So our we had a conversation about Ezra Miller last week, not really planning to. Um, and the unfortunate thing was that I didn't realize that Ezra uh, identifies as they, them. So we, we were calling Ezra Miller he the whole time. That was a mistake. But immediately after our conversation on that, when we were talking about how Ezra Miller is a lizard person who goes around assaulting people, getting super drunk and intoxic, like under the influence and, and literally choking women to the ground, yeah, choking people person. out. Um, immediately after we had that conversation in the, the lens of like DC, Ezra Miller went, went out and <laughs> once again, got arrested in Hawaii. It's like Ezra Miller versus Hawaii right now. I don't know what, what's happening. It's oh, like cage Hawaii match. <laughs> Only one person will be left standing at the end but but going back to the dc discussion so now two members of their much maligned dceu at this point and 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 somewhat key members i mean certainly ezra a massively key member i mean they're they're the flash uh and and there's this movie all around them that is like supposed to be the focal point for the DCEU going forward. That speaks for itself. Then you've got Amber Heard over here who, I mean, the public has totally turned on her and she's starring in the Aquaman movie. Like what, what do you do at this point? Um, you and I have been saying tear it down forever, but with new leadership in place, how much more will it take for them to legitimately tear this down with Aquaman to mm-hmm. And the flash, like close to done. Right. I think they're weighing their options. I think they're crunching numbers right now against will their box office numbers be 
you know, returnable? Will they get their ROI still with Ezra Miller at the helm, even though they still might fire him right after this, which they should. They should pull the plug right now. And I guarantee you, even the most diehard DC fans would be like, all right, I get it. That makes sense. <laughs> it does. It does start to make sense. Like, he, like they, they are becoming sort of scorched earth at this point. Untouchable, untouchable property, Ezra Miller. Like, it's... I don't know how you can, I don't know how as an organization you can continue to represent them without like either cutting loose or offering help and support and rehab and like the things that they will need. Ezra Miller needs these things apparently because mm-hmm. Ezra Miller is not able to go out in public without harming people. So that, that that's a problem. And if you're going to continue to employ this person at a high sum of money, at a certain point, the responsibility starts to fall on you. But there's three things that are, that's happening with Ezra Miller. There is obviously a drug problem. There's obviously certainly. an alcohol problem, mm-hmm. and there's obviously a, a a bad acting problem. Honestly, he's not <laughs> not that good of an actor. So what right. I will say clearly and full force that DC needs to fire both Ezra and Amber Heard because. Neither of them <laughs> deserve to be in a major franchise. I mean, if you open those up, let's let's do this. I think that I would be, you know, I could resemble Amber Heard like a brother. So why can't Aquaman <laughs> have a brother? And you, we just insert me into all those scenes and you have dark hair. You can become the Flash. I think this is what the world needs. Perfect. Just like that. Uh, yeah, me and Ezra Miller have really similar physiques and so, (laughs) I mean, if I were them to be quite honest with you, and I, I I know they have an inordinate amount of cash piled into this thing. Mm -hmm. You have to start to think this could be a decent escape rope that you wouldn't really have to explain to shareholders. Like they would probably get it right and yeah, you're going to take it in the teeth money-wise, but you get clean slate on the DCEU. You don't have to do anything. And you can pick and choose what you want to keep still. You can still do that. Like I think you can still mm-hmm. keep the Suicide Squad and the Peacemaker and all the stuff that's good that came out of that. And everything else, you can onesie-twosie decide what you're going to keep and probably keep mostly none of it. I don't even know, like, maybe Shazam, but... You know, who knows? But they, if I were them, I, I would start to consider that option because that, that's looking pretty satisfying and, and pretty tantalizing at this point. There's a 100% chance that there is at least one shot of Ezra Miller getting kicked into another world. And I oh, think certainly. you just let that happen. <laughs> and then Close Grant the Gustin <laughs> steps up and says... I guess this is my world. Hey, now. that could work. That could work. And takes the helm and just yeah. goes for it, man. Or I mean, anybody, you know, when you're doing a multiverse, because yeah. there's been with all of this like Doctor Strange stuff, there's been talks of like Tom Cruise, you know, Tom Cruise appearing yes. as an alternate version of the Tony Flash. Stark. But I'm just saying, like, it wouldn't even have to be Grant Gustin. Like, obviously he's he's good enough, whatever. CW, it is what it is. But you could put anybody he in. The C- he supersedes the CW camp. <laughs> you could you could put anybody in there. You could, honestly could. You could be like, "Hey, here's the new Flash. Bear, the other Barry that you knew is long gone. Goodbye. The end." This is Larry Talon. <laughs> I mean, listen, their options are. But I, I'm just saying, like they're they are now sitting on two 
tarnished goods, like very bad assets that need to go. So yes. anyway, so there's that. After I just said we're not a <laughs> gossip column, here we are digging into all the tea. But you And know, next up, like we were not going to talk about Elon Musk and Twitter, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Elon Musk now owns Twitter, so there, there's that. Um, I have no idea what that has to do with film. Maybe, maybe, maybe something. Maybe somebody will make a movie about it. Oh. They're making movies about dumber things, um, like that guy who, who tweeted at you, uh, Jeannie Bouchard during the Super Bowl. Jeannie Bouchard's a, a tennis player, a young tennis player, um, and a guy tweeted at her during the Patriots Falcons Super Bowl, and said, "If the if the Patriots win this game, when they were down twenty eight to three, if the Patriots win this game, will you go out on a date?" And she was like, "Yeah, we'll go out on a date." And the Patriots came back and won the biggest comeback in Super Bowl history. They went on a date, but that's the end of the story. Like they're they're cool, but like they didn't get married or anything. They're making a movie out of that. They're making a movie out of that. That's terrible. It's gonna be real bad. It's gonna be real, real bad. But I'm just saying. So Elon Musk playing Twitter. They can make. Who a would movie play about. Elon in a movie? Who would? Who would it be? Elon because he was in uh, Iron Man two. <laughs> Don't forget, he's an actor, Kirk. He's a thespian. <laughs> Uh, oh man only elon can play elon but seriously um you know he has a pretty iconic look so you have to find somebody who can recreate that i think you can be so disheveled you know what there is someone they played a bond villain and yes you're right i can't think of his name that's who you're thinking of isn't it probably and I think he'd be about the same age now. Maybe they're maybe they might even be the same. Oh wait, age. wait, 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 wait! No, I know who you're talking about. Hold on. He was or also in a, the Dark Knight, right? Or the possibly, Dark Knight Rises? Possibly. And I think he's got some hair that could be. It's a little. It's a little curly, but I think you could you could straighten it out just a little bit. Hold on. And make it look disheveled. What I'm always thinking about is that I don't know if it's a doctored video of Elon Musk walking through one of his factories and there's like a reporter asking him questions, asking him questions, and he's like following Elon Musk. And then all of a sudden, Elon turns and he's like, What what do you think? He's like asking him like six questions, and Elon's like, What, what, what were, you, were you talking to me? <laughs> like, this is that's the, the idea of Elon Musk because there's so much running through his head at all times that he can't keep any one thought straight. Are you thinking of this guy? Or no? I might be. You're not thinking of Mads Mickelson, surely. Not Mads. Yeah. I don't know. I this this, this when you started close. talking about it, that was the that this is Burn Gorman. He was in he was in The Dark Knight Rises. I don't know if he has any bond in his in his pathway, but um, I'll find him. And you know, if all else fails, I'll play him. It's fine. I'll dye my hair. I'll <laughs> shave my face. It's fine. I can play. You have to him. significantly alter your face. I think Adam Driver could could potentially be a oh. fit with some work. You know how they make. You know they they pick superstars and then they kind of they, they make it make it work. I know, but they wouldn't even have to do that much. Just use your imagination, like people have been doing with Tom Hanks for the last thirty years. Um, oh, Tom Hanks could play him. That'd be good. To <laughs> complete. The biopic octet. I don't know. I don't know how many people he has pretended to be at this point. <laughs> oh Lord! Because like seriously, he looked nothing like Mister Rogers in in that Mister Rogers movie. Correct. Can we be honest? Not at, Not all. at all. And and yet, good performance. I would say overall. You Excellent know? performance. Yep. Uh, so who knows? But they will make a movie about it. Who knows what will happen? I think Elon will play himself. We'll see what happens. Um, 
But let's get into some of the other stuff. There's some big news going on. But one of the things I want to get into first as we as we kick off what's popping here is the box office, Kirk. I want to talk about the box office. So there's a sentiment around film Twitter right now that the box office is struggling for in any number of reasons. Everybody has their theories. One of the prevailing theories right now is that consumers post... So here are some of the theories right now. Consumers post-MCU are dumber and need mass appeal content to go to the movies. I.e., they will not they will not see something like The Northmen, The Last Duel, something that's like an art house, The Green Knight, or something like they may have used to, to do, um, which I don't even know if that's been validated. But they're saying that mm-hmm. like, now people will only go for these sort of like MCU caliber films. So that's one theory. Another theory is streaming. You know, that obviously streaming has changed the way people view content and how much people are willing to pay for content that they cannot view in their own home and, and how much willingness there is to do something like that. And then the third one is that the pandemic is just still on people's minds and people don't either either a don't feel it's safe to attend the movie theaters at this point or b um have <laughs> fallen out of the habit you know they, they just don't even it, it's not even in their evoked set of ideas when they think about doing something because for two years they didn't do it so right my question to you is which of those is driving it in your opinion and before i get into that let's look at some numbers on this okay do you have a pie graph no i'm not actually i'm not going to show any numbers but i'm going to i'm going to talk through some stuff so so worth noting um that we just wrapped up q1 of 2022 right so uh january through march and the box office was up 463 percent over last year now you're comping the worst year in film history, probably, right? You know, as in terms of, like, what was going on. If you adjust for inflation, almost certainly the worst year for film in, in the modern era, right? In so from 2021 to 2022? Yeah, from 2021 to 2022, we see 400% growth. But if you comp 2022 to the, to the first year pre-COVID, so 2019, it's a, it's a little over half of the cumulative gross domestic earnings. So 1.3 million compared to 2.4 million in 2019. So not a full recovery. We're not back to pre-COVID numbers. And even if you compare to 2020, which was right as COVID was starting to hit in March of 2020, the box office is down from Q1 of that year by about 400K. Um, so, So there's that. Um, what has I have happened a whiteboard. to you? Oh, you have a whiteboard, but your background. I have a whiteboard, but my <laughs> my beautiful skyrise. Is... I don't know, Kirk. You're, the illusion is shattering right before our eyes. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it's not going to work. Terrible. Keep going. But anyway, so here here's the question. I guess there there are two questions. Is the box office really down? You know, it's up four hundred percent year over year. Um, 450 or so percent. Oh no. Or is it just still on the uptick? People are getting back in the groove and it'll be back to normal by next year. And if it is down, 
What's the cost? You have the floor, mm-hmm. sir. X equals MC squared, I think is the correct answer. Is that right? <laughs> I mean, E equals MC squared. Not oh, X. no. <laughs> well, clearly then I don't have the answer. <laughs> I think, okay, so the, look, run, run this by me. The first one was the MCU um, big event. I'm not getting out of my pajamas for this idea. Yeah. I don't think that's the case. Okay. So event cinema one. making people dumber. And therefore, they're not as interested in things that are non-IP, existing IP. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're yep. not buying that one. Not buying that. Option two was streaming. Option to stream at home. Yes. And what was option three or option two A and option, B? Yeah, option three A and B was that people, you know, are not going back to the theaters as a result of the pandemic because either they're still not feeling safe enough to go, or the pandemic has taken them out of the habit. Excellent. I think it's two and three B. Let me restate those. That is because of streaming and and because people are out of the habit. I think those are the predominant ones because I will even say myself is that depending on the movie, this is very specific. I really, I love to go to the theater. If I could only go to the theater, I would. However, if there's a movie that I really want to just be alone with and and like really have no other distractions, no one going up and down the stairs of the movie theater and I get scared to this day thinking, oh no, here comes a scary moment uh, from a person, not the actual movie. Um, I want to sit in my living room, lights off with my Philips Hue backlight on and I just want to zone in. So that is the beauty of streaming sometimes with the right kind of movie. Has to be an indie, usually. Has to be a quiet, a soft-spoken film. Um, So that's very specific, right? So then part, then 3B, which I already forgot what, what point was that? People being out of the habit. Out of the habit, right? So life is busy and life got immediately busy when masks came off in the majority of the United States. And I felt like I have, and still do feel like there's no time for anything. And so while I'm out of the habit, I want to be in the habit, but then I'm like, meh, kind of tired. I would love to stream that today. So that's how they're kind of merged together for me. Yeah. I think for me, I definitely do think that box office behavior has changed. I I don't think that, you know, I think there is some optimism that, you know, we're just still on the incline, right? Like we're, we're bouncing back, we're climbing up. I don't necessarily feel that way. I, I, I don't feel like we will get back to where we were, you know, 11 million, 11, um, I was using millions before it's billions, $11 billion domestic box office every year type of thing. I don't, I don't know that that comes back. I just really don't. Um, I tend to think that streaming is is the reason, though, and, and almost entirely that streaming is the reason. And I think that what accelerated it was what HBO Max did this last year by making films available to watch at home. I think people now feel like they are just going to wait for it to be at home because the streaming wars are so vicious that these pe- that the windows between theatrical release and at-home viewing is so short that if you if you're not really like if you're busy like you said Kirk or not really paying attention it feels like 
that. I mean, it feels like a snap of your fingers and all of a sudden it's out. The Batman released, what was the release date on the Batman? It was March, it was early March, right? Like March 5th something, right? Um, it's on HBO Max now, you right. know, and it it started on, on April 18th. So like that kind of stuff starts to shift consumer behavior to where they go, you know, I'd like to see this, but I can wait 45 days and see it at home with a subscription I'm already paying for and then not have to pay for it twice. I think that at the time when HBO Max did its thing, there was a lot of panic in the film industry and rightfully so. But then it sort of died off. You know, they renegotiated their deals with people, with the theaters, they kind of calmed everything. I don't know that the theater should have gone back on with Warner because I think they've done irreparable damage. And I think that the other thing is that with streaming, there is a certain type of content people are used to seeing at home. And it's, and it is movies like the last duel, the Northmen, um, uh, the green Knight. you know, these sort of art house films that have come out right. over the last couple of years there is now an expectation that like that is at home viewing because you don't have to worry about going on Twitter and everybody's talking about it, right? Like the, like you do with Spider-Man No Way Home or the Batman. Those are events that people feel like they have to be a part of the social cultural movement around them so they get out of their house so that they don't get left behind by, they don't get FOMO and they don't get left behind and they don't get spoiled, okay? I don't right. think it has anything to do with people being dumber. I, I think, if anything, what the MCU has done, I would actually argue the opposite, is that the MCU has heightened people's co- content quality requirement for what they are willing to go watch. Because the MCU, whether or not you think it's great cinema or whether you're on the Martin Scorsese side of the line, like it is high-quality entertainment. Good special effects, good CGI, big name actors, cool action sequences. Like this is high quality stuff. You're not going to get on Netflix. You're not going to get it on Hulu. You know, this is like, this is the big screen. So I think if anything, it has raised people's standards of what they will go to the movie to see. And and if, even if you look back, let's look back pre pre MCU, right? So like Iron Man came out in 2008, Q1, 2008, number one movie, Horton, here's a who. 2009, number one movie, Q1, Paul Blart, Mall Cop. Oh, dear. So I ask you, Kirk, (laughs) have audiences gotten dumber? Because I would contend that maybe they were a lot dumber before. Q1, 2007, 300. Q1, 2006, The Pink Panther. Q1, 2005, Hitch, which I like. But you know what I'm saying? Like, these are not... 2009 was the armpit of Yowch. Yowchies. <laughs> that was such a high-rated movie. That's, that's a rough one. grossing movie. Oh, dear. Yeah, I, I think your point is so valid that the, that's that's data right there that, you know, what, what are people spending their money on? I, I mean, Kevin James drops a new movie today in 2022. That movie doesn't gross over $6 million. That movie Easy. doesn't find the theaters, I don't think. <laughs> it's, you know, it's... It's one of the crappy movies that um, Netflix churns out. You know, like all these Adam Sandler movies that Happy Madison yeah. makes with Netflix that are like bad, yes. cheesy comedies 
for Huey very specific, Halloween. yeah, Huey Halloween type movies. Ugh. That stuff goes on streaming now. That doesn't even see the light of day. This stuff, it, it's it's going straight to streaming. So, I think things have changed, but I blame streaming more than the pandemic, and I am now a skeptic as far as getting back to where we were in terms of theater attendance. I just don't think we will ever get there. It's a bummer because you, what's also funny is that every time I've seen a movie in the past three weeks, the theater has been full. Now it's also, now been I, will break, I will agree. I will agree with that. Also very full. You saw uh, everything everywhere all at once. You and one other person, my theater was packed. Now granted it was a 30 seater, but it was full. It was completely full minus like three seats. Like Let's it was see, pretty impressive. I saw Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. Um, Big deal. At 9.30 p.m. on a weird night, like a Wednesday night, when it was either spring break or not. But that theater was packed, and it was an ultra screen, and I was shocked. I was floored. Um, and that's the other thing. Like, it's not just MCU movies that are qualifying as event cinema. Like, family movies are back. And they right. were dead as a doornail during the pandemic because nobody felt safe taking their kids. But now people are like, I got to get do something with these kids the number one movie at the box office this weekend was dreamworks animated film the bad guys which i didn't even see advertised until a week before that thing hit the theaters and it beat out the northman and week two of the secrets of dumbledore the freaking wizarding world that movie beat it out so that is big and and yeah if it's if it's just the mcu making audiences dumber why didn't people go see Morbius? Why didn't people go see Secrets of Dumbledore? I just, I just disagree. I think that there's, there's something different going on. Here. I disagree. That's I right. Disagree. I disagree. Um, so anyway, but getting into that and talking about streaming and consumer behavior changing, there's another big consumer behavior shift that happened when Netflix had its Q1 earnings uh, interview at uh, earlier this week. For the first time in company history, they reported a subscriber loss, a net subscriber loss in Q1. 200,000 subscribers gone from Netflix. And what did they project for Q2? An additional 2 million subscribers will leave Netflix in Q2. That's their projection. And Netflix is changing some things. So now they are saying that they're going to roll out an ad-supported tier of their subscription packages. They've also, whether or not this is related to their performance, they're axing all of their open animation projects that they had been working on. Any animation movies, anything like that going on. And as we've heard, the the war drum is banging from Netflix on password sharing. They are coming for us. They, they, us? All of us, us. All of us. They are coming for us. Um, so the question is, what's wrong with Netflix? Is it that their subscription cost is too high? Is it that their content is not good enough? Is it both? Um, will the ad supported version help? Will people get it? What's, you know, what's next for something that seemed untouchable for so long? Your I'll thoughts? tell you, my thoughts are there are, devices out there streaming devices of, of multi kinds that that people say they jailbreak them uh-huh. <laughs> as the kids say right and i just want to say to the creators of those devices they should be held responsible sure. for 
that being possible uh, for them to hijack those devices and log onto these crazy servers or whatever it takes for them to have access to millions of of movies, uh, crazy, crazy piracy. I mean, I remember a couple years ago, one of our friends was watching a movie that was only in theaters from a jailbroken device. He was watching I, Tanya in his living room. And I'm like, wait a second. That doesn't make any sense. That's not streaming anywhere. That's not possible. And I don't I don't understand if I'm Netflix and I have all of the lawyers in the world, I'm going to go after them or at least, you know, uh, divide a team to figure out how that would work on, I don't know, just like good faith basis on building your machines properly uh otherwise you're aiding and abetting it's crazy and i feel like if we did that it's gonna cut out a big sect and then you can leave the password sharing and then you'll still get new users and not losing 200,000 or 200 million it's crazy yeah i I mean i think they need a they need an affordable multi-user plan you know, where people can use it from different IP addresses, different yes. locations, etc. I think that has to be the thing because there are people who will be sending their kids to college. What do you do with that? What, their kid can't have Netflix? Come on, bro. Or, or you know, you, you know what happens when people are traveling and they're using a device that's yes. not their own in a different state? You really want them to not be able to log into their account and authenticate and do all that stuff? That's a problem. But to your point, Kirk, piracy is huge. And I don't think a lot of people are talking about that, but I think you're absolutely right. Piracy is bad as the disclaimer always always says piracy is not a victimless crime because the reality is that it's like anything when you lower how much people are willing to pay for something the quality of it has to suffer because if they can't make a profit off of it they're not going to make the thing and if they don't make the thing then none of us have it Um, right so i go to the grocery store and i keep stealing eggs and no one catches me the price of eggs go up because they're losing their good right. right so it's that simple i love about the tier thing couldn't we use their already built in tiers and say yes you can have a shared password if you pay for the top two tiers like that's already in play like someone can code that like tonight and that well, would like, be like fine. spotify and apple are already doing this where they say you get a family plan you know we don't care where they are they yeah. have to have their own, you know, whatever email address or whatever. And they can be in a different house, different location. Who cares? Up to five people type of thing. I feel like that works. And people would like, like if they just added that to our current, the one that, you know, you and I are sharing, nineteen ninety nine a month. <laughs> like we'd be down. Right. It, yeah. it solves the same problem and, and they don't lose anything. And it's all good. But I think that the problem is that their subscription prices are really high right now. And I don't, especially if you want 4k or, or anything like that, multi streams, etc. Like, and they're the, the competition is fierce. HBO max is legit. Disney plus is legit. Um, prime video is still pretty legit. Like there, there's a lot of competition. Hulu is beefing up. Like it's, it's a lot. And, I don't think that everyone's go-to is Netflix anymore. I just really don't think it is. No, so. I mean, I am I usually open Quibi, HBO Max, CNN Plus. Hulu, Netflix. <laughs> Did you catch my CNN Plus? CNN Plus, rest in peace. <laughs> R.I.P. Um, but yeah, uh, Apple TV Plus is good too. Uh, I mean, I just don't. 
Netflix is not, it's on my rotation for sure, but it's not like I go there specifically to watch something. It's not a place where I go and browse anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just not. So it's, that's sample size of one, but I just think this is interesting, but I think they need to, I think to your point, they need to be careful about attacking the password sharing stuff right now because it's been going on forever yep. and hasn't been a problem till now. The reason that I think they're losing subscribers now is really just because of inflation because the first thing that everybody does when their cash flow starts to suffer is look at subscription services. Mm-hmm. And if Netflix had content that everybody was stuck to, like they used to have with House of Cards and Stranger Things in its early days, and Orange is the New Black and all these things that were like people had to be watching it, then people wouldn't cut it. They just wouldn't. So if, if your content's there, it doesn't really matter what happens in the economy. But the content, I don't think, is there right now. And that's that's part of the problem. If Netflix would just buy NBC, then we could have The Office back on Netflix. Yeah, and Parks and Rec. Oh, man. What a loss that was. What a loss. Community. Now, Seinfeld is now streaming on Netflix. So that's a big bump for them. It is for, for those people, but I think there's also a decent amount of people that as these things start to hop, they just go, I'm going to buy the box set. It's true. Because that, like long term, is a better investment. Um, right. So anyway, interesting to watch. We'll keep an eye on Netflix as they are, uh, they are in an interesting spot right now. Next up on the doom and gloom train of news is, according to The Wrap, early projections show that The Secrets of Dumbledore will be the first Wizarding World film ever to fail to cross $500 million at the global box office, which is unheard of. So I call this segment Requiem for the Wizarding World because <laughs> no one saw Secrets of Dumbledore. They didn't see it opening weekend. They didn't see it this weekend. People went to go see the, the bad guys instead. Um, and while the global box office has outperformed domestic so far, uh, you know, by, by a large amount, larger, more lopsided than you would normally see. It still feels like fantastic beasts and where to find them. That whole thread is on life support. And I think that's being kind. So what happens with the wizarding world? Like they, they have a park in Orlando and in Hollywood. Um, <laughs> they have to keep, running do you think that do you think the legacy of the previous eight film franchise is enough to carry it and, and if so for how long i do i would say for at least like at the level that it still is at despite no one going to see this film i still think it's got 25 years before it starts to be like what's harry potter <laughs> you know uh that's my guess that's my guess well yeah because um you know, Star Wars sat dormant for a really long time before Lucas yep. decided there needs to be a Star Wars for the new generation. Um, do you think that like our generation is is treating the Harry Potter is going to treat the Harry Potter movies similar to how our parents' generation treated Star Wars, as in like this is a rite of passage film franchise that you have to watch, and that helps keep it alive for longer. Definitely, definitely. And I think the 25-year mark makes that, right? Yeah, that's a it full, would. That's a full generation. Sometimes younger, sometimes Then it's older, the next generation you have to worry about, to your point. I think that's, you know, right. after that. 
our great grandchildren, Cameron. <laughs> we'll be long gone. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I, that's the question. Um, so I guess that's good. But th- there does come a point where like, and we saw Disney do this. I, I'm convinced to this day, Toy Story 4 was a totally park-driven move. I think that they totally planned on just letting three sit out there for a while. And then they built Toy Story Land at Hollywood Studios in Orlando. And they thought, crap, we are going to need some content to fuel this this wheel. And yep. the easiest way to do that right now is just to make a fourth film and then figure out what we're going to do with the spinoffs. And the spinoffs are coming, a.k.a. Lightyear. There will be more. But at a certain point, there comes a time where you have to make park-driven decisions to keep things alive. Um, unfortunately, that's not exactly right. cinema, but that is business. So I, I just wonder how long it is before they have to start doing that. Toy Story 5. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> Four, while, while good and solid on paper, we were having this conversation the other day. The farther removed from it you are, the easier it is to say, this was an unnecessary movie. This should not have been made. And even though it is technically solid, there are some weird character choices that once you go back and revisit the first three, like anybody with kids kind of does, you go, this was a mistake. Yes. So that's interesting. But The Wizarding World is on life support. Fantastic Beast, man. I, I don't think it's long for this world. How? I mean, Warner cannot continue to fund something like this if it's not going to pay the bills. They just cannot no do way. it. Okay. What some, about the the final one? Yeah. Well, what's it going to be called? Do we know what the final title is going to be? I don't know. It's going to be the, the trilogy ender. <laughs> the noun of pronoun is what it's going to be for sure. <laughs> I think that it should be like stripped down indie style i mean that will blow people's minds <laughs> what kind of almost like i guess not stripped down indie style but from of like logan-esque right yeah. you have dumbledore you find out how jude law gets from his current state to yeah <laughs> you know uh sorcerer's stone state and i think there is a real a real grungy way you could do that in, a, in an exciting way yeah directed by what? matt reeves <laughs> matt reeves or David James Ayer. Mangold. <laughs> yeah. Could oh be. my goodness. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see what happens there. All right. Some quick hitters. According to the Hollywood Reporter, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are are planning to star as Sonny Vaccaro and Phil Knight in a film about Nike in its early days in it well in its in its growth phase as they were trying to sign Michael Jordan to a shoe contract and. That's going to win Best Picture. I don't know when it will come out, but that's like that's a guaranteed win, right? Yes. Easy. I mean, they're also going to write the script. They're going to write the script together, and Ben Affleck's going to direct it. He's already directed a Best Picture winner. Right. They've already co-wrote a script for an Academy Award winning screenplay. Right. right? They both won Oscars. Uh, and for, it's for it's multitude. it's the Phil Knight story, which his book uh, Shoe Dog is like one of the most highly recommended autobiographies or memoirs out there right now. I, I just this is like they said, hey, you want to go win a Best Picture? Let's go do it. We're gonna write <laughs> we're gonna write this movie. You know, Ben Affleck is is uh, sober. Ben Affleck is reengaged to Jennifer Lopez. I mean, it might as well be the '90s again. He's guys. on top of the world. It's, 
it's it's perfect. It's the stars have aligned. We will get another Goodwill Hunting out of this. This is the and next Goodwill Hunting. And he's peaking in his abilities, if you ask me. His act, yeah. his acting abilities, he he's peaking. I thought him in the Tinder Bar was like unreal. Oh yeah. I thought that movie was okay and like on the good side of okay for sure, but he was great. He was really great. So and yes. the way back, ooh, that was a awesome performance. Mm-hmm. He's, it was. This could be good. This could be real good. All right. Next up, Warner Bros. Um, is making a Hot Wheels movie. It's going to be live action, and it's going to be produced by J.J. Abrams' Bad Robot Productions. Huh. Now, this one lost me at live action because I tend to, I tend to like what comes out of Warner Animation Group. They did all the Lego Movie stuff. That stuff is awesome. It seems like doing an animated Hot Wheels movie that's like a similar art style where like the Hot Wheels look like real Hot Wheels and stuff like that would be the way to go. So I'm off put by like the live action and also like what does that mean? Does that mean this what is does like, that mean? Does that mean this is like live action speed racer people driving Hot Wheels? Like what 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 what's happening here? Yeah, are the Hot Wheels like is it basically live action cars? cars. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Hot Wheels like don't have eyes and mouths and like aren't expected to talk. So there will have to be people in this. Right. And like, is that is there going to be a catch line where it's like, let's go Hot Wheels. You I don't know. know. It's so. <laughs> or let's get Hot Wheels. <laughs> like, I don't know. What is it going to be? It seems weird to draw the, the parallel between like the toy in the film in this case though every toy is getting made into a movie right now that's just a fact Um, yeah this one seems hard to imagine this is yeah cars meets fast and the furious meets gone in 60 seconds and if (laughs) nick cage and vin diesel don't have a race (laughs) i will be angry yeah when 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 will vin diesel and and dwayne johnson start to like cash hit hit the cash on this few that they have like turn right. it into some real money like have some funny cameos and stuff you know like start to really be cute with it that that day has to be coming if i'm the director of the fast and the furious franchise i am going to put them in the same movie but never have them film at the same time and just cut their scenes together and yeah. then tell no one that they were never on set together absolutely it's that easy because people are gonna be like, "Oh my gosh, they hate each other, and they're in the same space. This is great. It's so easy. Why haven't they done it?" I don't know. Also, JJ has to bring in Michael Bay to direct this Hot Wheels movie. That's just <laughs> easy. Like, that's that's easy money. I, like that's a that's a free throw. <laughs> you gotta just catch that in because that's yes, that's what the people want. Give the people what they want here. <laughs> uh, like like I want it to be like my son for Christmas got a Hot Wheels track that is uh, Octopus Car Wash. You know, Excellent. and it's like you're getting a car wash and there's an octopus that's like evil. You know, there's always like some sort of menacing force in a hot wheels track. It's like picking you up and slinging you around. Like I'm envisioning that as the movie and Michael Bay would direct the heck out of an octopus car wash. (laughs) Hot wheels. That's, that's too easy. Um, okay. Last quick hitter and the saddest one of all, which is why I saved it for last. So sad. This one, seriously, this is the first, and I'm really dragging it out now, but this oh is the first gosh. movie news story that really felt like a gut punch in a long time. And it's that Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1 has been delayed to June 2nd, 2023. Listen! 
This thing was coming out in October. October, Kirk. We were right there. It's like it's late. It's 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 May. Okay, right. It's like basically May right now. Right. We were five months away, and now we are a year away. I mean, a year and a month. Devastating. Wow. It's horrible. And That's... then, and then here's what's really hilarious about it. They throw us this nugget, but across the Spider Verse Part Two will release on March 29th, 2024. I mean, seriously? Yeah, right. You expect me you. to believe that you're going to delay this movie a whole year, and then you're going to have the second one come out eight months later? Poppycock. No. That's offensive. And they're going to delay that, obviously. What a joke. This is just rude. Rude on some how about? How about they run part they won't <laughs> but how about they run part one on the june 2nd 2023 date that's fine yeah. movies typically fizzle out even at their height within four months play it four months later for us come on four months i give you four months that's my challenge to you oh for the part two part two same Ooh. year 2023 i dare you i mean wasn't Harry has Potter it been the one done who did that last like did they do they it did, they did it some, not four months, but it was like only like six or seven months between them. Really? When they released them. It was crazy. Um, not that long. That's too long. That's too long. Because that movie will not stay in theaters that entire time. It just won't. No, no. It definitely won't. It just uh, won't. Even if you re-release it, it's not going to get enough steam. But if you shorten that window, that boat that increases the intensity of, and then don't don't let it go to streaming. The part one, right? Just only in theaters, and the second one only in theaters, and then then forty five days yeah. after that, drop them both, right? Which that's how Gosh, Sony rolls. So that's why a good plan. Don't they hire us, Cam? I don't understand this. We're brilliant. I would have died before delaying this movie because I I know how much it means to people. Seriously, yeah. this movie. Is, is going to be amazing. I, I'm, I'm calling my shot right now because the first one was so good, like near perfect. I I can't live with this. This one, I gasped out loud. I'm not even joking. I was on Twitter and I got the notification. I went, <gasps> like, like, like a mom who just like saw their kid almost fall down. Like that's, that was my reaction to it. It was so <laughs> visceral. Um, but anyway, I can't talk about it anymore. I'm going to tear up. Okay. After saying we were going to give a short episode, we've gone on for incredibly long time, as we always do, because it, you know, if brevity is the soul of wit, then Kirk and I are extremely dumb. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll leave you with this. We'll leave you with this. What to watch for this week? Um, Uncharted releasing on VOD tomorrow. So if you're listening to the podcast, it's out. If you're li- if you're on the stream, it's not out yet. Wait till tomorrow. Um, we reviewed that movie. So if you're wondering, like, eh, is it worth the rental? Is it worth the purchase? Go back and listen to the review. Make a judgment for yourself. We do have some spoilers in there, so just keep your eyes open on that. But and if you do decide to watch it and then listen to the review, you can do that too. So you can uh, watch the movie and listen to the review at the same time. It does not like time out minute for minute, yeah. but it'll be very distracting and you should try it and tell it us will. What There's like a pink Floyd dark side of the moon wizard of Oz type thing that happens with that yeah. one. Kirk and I worked extremely hard on it. So check it out. <laughs> Start it right after the first time Tom Holland crashes through glass. As soon as you st- 
hit play and, and it will sync up perfectly. There will be all kinds of hidden coded messages. Trust me on that one. Okay, next up, Barry, season three. Barry starring uh, Bill Hader, HBO sensation. Uh, season three premiere was last night on HBO. You can catch it now on HBO Max. So go take a look at that. And Kirk, I threw this one in just for you. Yes. Our boy, Andrew Garfield, his show under the banner of heaven releases on Hulu this Thursday. It's an FX on Hulu series. And it is a true crime story in the vein of like true detective, though true detective is a true crime, but you know, similar aesthetic there. It's going to be so dark. Are you hyped? (laughs) I'm so pumped. Yeah. I'm so hyped. I, I can't, I've been reading so much about this. I've been hearing about it, about the, what it's from, from the book it's from. And I am just ecstatic. We will, I will gush about this a little bit later on. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. So those are the big three this week. There is absolutely nothing coming to theaters this week. I mean, nothing of note. Um, so you can go to the movies. You can see probably Dumbledore will still be there. Um, the bad, the bad guys, the bad North, guys. the Northmen, uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent. You know, you still have good options for what to go see. And Kirk and I are deciding what we will review and we will get back to you on social media sometime tomorrow. So keep your eyes peeled for that. But until that time, we'll leave you with the symphonic tones of rhetoric who created our original music that you hear at the beginning and end of the show. And I want to give a special thank you to our executive producer, Ryan Spriggs, and we will see you for our review later this week. Talk to you then. Bye.